Hello and welcome to another episode of Collective Constellations. My name is Kelly Rowland, thank you all for tuning back in and today I have a super special guest because she is one of my closest soul sisters and her name is Jessica Torres. And I wanted to bring her on today because her and I have such a deep bond and we've traveled to so many depths together in person, energetically, in the lines of work that we both do. And she's a super powerful woman and I think you're all going to really love her. Uh, I want to just give some space for Jess to introduce herself and say hello and um, maybe share with us what's on your heart today, share a little bit about your, we'll, we'll start with that, yeah. Hi guys, my name is Jessica. I am a Tantra and Embodiment Mentor. I specifically have been working with um, sensuality and sexuality, self-expression, and moving through blockages in order to become our fullest version of ourselves. Um, so yeah, what's on my heart today, I am, um, from what I know, the moon just went into Leo, so I'm I'm feeling very fiery. I'm feeling very playful, which is perfect because Kelly and I share this beautiful childlike innocence and we play together so well. Our inner children love each other. So it's absolutely divine to be a part of this podcast today with the planetary placements. And yeah, my heart is open for you guys. And I'm excited to share space with my beautiful friend and and share ourselves with you guys. So mm -hmm. thank you for tuning in. It's so beautiful, Jess. I just, maybe you guys can relate. There's some people like that in your life where you just start talking to them and you feel all your centers light up. <laughs> that happens with Jess and I often. <laughs> we like go on this wave and we can go really deep sometimes and go to some deep emotions. And often we have these sparks of really powerful electricity. Um, and a little bit behind that, I want to ask you a question, Jess. Uh, but first, with Mayan astrology, Jess and I, because um, you can do composite charts, so some of you, maybe you've checked along with my mind, astrology sharing, you have your own unique sign, and there's 260 signs, and you're just one of them, and that's your core birth frequency, and you can actually combine energies, though, and see what you make as a friendship, as a partnership, as mother and child, any kind of relationships in your life, and Jess and I, when we combine our energies, we make the resonant monkey so it's about deep intuition and attunement and incredible playfulness, silliness, joy, childlikeness. <laughs> so we feel that in our space often. Um, and with that being said, Jess, I'd love if you feel to, if you want to share a little bit of your own cosmic blueprint with us. Uh, what's your sun, moon and rising? What's your human design? Mm, yes, absolutely. Um, my sun is in Aries. My moon, like Kelly's, is in Aquarius. So we connect so deeply with that. My rising is Gemini, and I am a pure generator with a 1-3 profile. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I got energy for days. <laughs> yes, you do. You definitely do. <laughs> um, another cool dynamic there, it's, I keep wanting, and you know what, I think I know why this keeps wanting to come through, because the topic of today's podcast is actually about relationships in a sense. Um it's not really about anything specifically. We're just going to go in a constellation and see where it takes us. Um, but this is another thing. You can really look at the energetics of two people and how that creates a chemistry. Some chemistry is very mutually feeding. Some chemistry is very like friction-filled, and it's all to serve some purpose. 
and Jess and I as well, that's a really uh, beautiful polarity we share, is I hold down a Libra sun, and she holds down an Aries sun, and these two are very complementive energies, because we're balancing out the scales in each other, she brings me this fire, and I bring her this balance, and vice versa, we're like on this circuit of feeding each other with that balance um, from the opposite sides of the spectrum, and that Aquarius moon, we're able to emotionally connect very quickly, very easily. Um, so yeah, just a bit of background on that. Thank you for sharing with us, Jess. Thank you for bearing yes. your cosmic blueprint. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. My so, pleasure. <laughs> so this was spurred really um, quickly, actually. Jess and I were just having a conversation last night, less than 24 hours ago, and we are like, all right, let's podcast about this. And that tends to be how our energy works. Things happen very quickly. And we were talking about <clears throat> a lot of the collective shifting that's going on right now and I'd love to you know hear from you Jess on this but just kind of bring it back into the space we were going into these really <clears throat> powerful explorations into how like paradigms and structures are shifting especially within regards to uh, femininity and masculinity sexuality and seeing how that's kind of traversed over over the past few centuries and how like timelines are getting closer and closer synced. Um, do you feel to like jump in now, Jess, and share a little bit about that? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so the conversation kind of sparked where I shared with Kelly about um, the topic about water consciousness and how fluid it, fluidity at this point is going to help us through this shift and not getting attached to outcomes and just really having no expectations and flowing with whatever is arising in our environments emotionally, um, spiritually, energetically, intellectually, anything, just flowing with it and um, not creating the resistance and allowing whatever comes to, you know, move you in a sense. So um, this, this topic came up and I was talking about how uh, sexuality is our sacral chakra, which is the element of water. So, what we're experiencing right now is we've known that the divine feminine is rising, but also we're being called to meet that with the sacred masculine, which is in within us all. So, um, yeah. And the, the timeline of where the feminism that we know it, the feminism from 10, 15 years ago that started was very masculine driven, really like, I'm a woman, I could do it myself, we don't need men, and, and yeah. all of that. And, and that was absolutely crucial in into the rising of the divine feminine. But now we're moving into the softer version of her, the, the Mother Mary, the Mary Magdalene energy. Mm. And that's why so many men are waking up also, because the feminine can get lost in the sacral chakra. We can get lost in our pleasure, lost in that flow. And that's how I'm tying back into it. We need that sacred masculine structure in order for us to have somewhere for our magic to land. And yeah, that's what, that's the topic. Oh, and when you say that, I feel so much, to be honest, because I, I can, I don't know if you can relate, Jess, but I can relate so much to holding that frequency of, like, the empowered femme and, like, I don't need a man, I can do it myself. Like, that was very much in my, like, mindset for a while, even if I wasn't aware of it. But I've seen that that can be really present in my past, this kind of rejection of masculine energy. 
so I really love the way you shared that it was so activating and I really felt all of that and um what I also find really fascinating is is these timelines like we keep using this word timelines and I feel like several hundred years ago if we you know if we look at what was happening there would be these long periods of like very stubborn like humanity wasn't really progressing it was like patriarchy and like no voice for the feminine for thousands of years and now like we talked about this yesterday and it was really sparking something in me and I want to hear what's alive for you um but seeing that you know we did hit this pocket of like uber feminism that was actually kind of emasculating and not very equal which was needed. I think that was needed. Like you said, I totally am in resonance with that. And now we're starting to realize, oh, it's like actually very inclusive of men and seeing how short that lapse has gotten. We've gone from several hundred years of needing to progress to just a couple decades. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, you're seeing, and it's, it's so exciting to be alive at this time. I truly believe that we chose to be alive at this time in order to shift these timelines and, um, to experience it in this lifetime, you know, if you're doing and you're committed to doing that work within yourself and marrying the polarities within yourself and which a lot of us have, like it's a, so much a part of our world now, um, speaking about both polarities that it's only law that it's going to be experienced outside of us because we are the micro of the macro. So, um, yeah, what sparked inside of me Looking back as far as timelines, we look at like that hippie movement of the 60s and how there was a surge of consciousness during that time and it eventually crashed and burned and it was very looked upon as woo-woo. And what sparked within me, I had an insight and I was like, okay, following that period of time was that um, masculinity of the feminine, that, that rise, that because that hippie movement of the 60s was kind of too feminine, too flowy. Too, there was nothing grounding it. And mm. that's why it eventually crashed and burned. So it's like now the timeline, it's like in another paradigm, we're giving this this reality, this chance to marry the polarity so that we become embodied in the feminine by marrying it with that sacred masculine and mm. becoming relatable. And I truly believe that has everything to do with working with the lower chakras, working with our inner child, working with our, you know, our trauma, our, our family dysfunction, everything that has conditioned us to be living um, as adults now. So, um, yeah, that, that's what sparked within me. So I'd love to see. I felt, I, I felt you have, have a reaction to that, so I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and ugh, guys, this is one of my favorite things about connecting with Jess is our conversations. They're literally like journeys. It's like, yeah, I can get on a flight and go to Mexico. Or I can go to Greece, but I get on a phone call with this chick and we go to different different places. <laughs> and with that, I, I really, like, I almost wanted to cry when I heard you say that thing about relating it back to the 60s and, like, that's, you know, we can marry that now. And really, like, I think that's a deeper... For some of you, this may be a little bit of a stretch listening, but like I invite you to walk through the doorway in this in this sacred container that all of these timelines are actually present right now. We may be in this physical reality of 2020, March, amidst this pandemic and this, you know, you could call it a mass destruction, a mass awakening, um, this very important part of history in the making. And time like the energy the energetics that were happening in the 60s the energetics were, that were happening in the mayans back you know thousands of years ago they're also present there can be many realities present that are impacting us while we're living our physical reality and i think that's the magic of what allows us to expand our view is when we see that 
we're only here because of what's come before. It all merges here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I want to ask you a question, Jess, if you feel to share, because I know you're doing this work in your life. You're doing this healing in your own life. And I feel that's what, like, really, like, creates this beautiful essence that you share through with your clients is because you're doing it and you've done it and you're on that continual path could you share with us like maybe just an example of what does it look like to merge that like family and the masculine and the feminine like how have you experienced merging that in your own world Mm, yeah yeah it's something I do every single day It's, it's a part of my entire moment reality because I am fully committed to allowing my true nature to shine through in every single moment. And as children, we're conditioned because we have caregivers. And when we're young, our caregivers, we see them as God because without them, we would essentially mm-hmm. die. We, we look for them for life. So um, we are modeled certain things. We're modeled a masculine energy. We're modeled a feminine energy. Usually it's a mom and a dad. So when you're modeled these things, they become your reality in, you know, because that's all you know. So unpacking that and um, researching and, and experiencing actual divine feminine, actual divine masculine and what that looks like, you can kind of shed the layers of the wounded masculine and the wounded feminine in which you were modeled by your parents. And, um, yeah, yeah, we could take a breath there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really heavy, but it's also so light because we have the opportunity and we have the choice to choose our own way and, and, um, become the polarity that we want to be and choose the, the sacred and the divine rather than that wounded. And it's not their fault. You know, our parents did the best that they could, but, I feel like also in this paradigm, we're seeing through the illusion, um, the age of Aquarius, we're, we're looking at that wounded masculine that was like, I could do all these things by myself. I need to work, work, work and hustle, hustle, hustle. And that's and literally been taken from us now. Yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that was our conditioning. And that from my own experience, um, that's what was ingrained in me from, from my model of the masculine so uh, and and that led to a lot of depression and anxiety because I felt like I wasn't being useful Mm. and all that so um Mm. yeah choosing your healing and and realizing that you're a self-healer you can go back and create new scripts for yourself and you can choose what roles you want to play what roles you don't want to play what works and what doesn't work yeah It's a beautiful journey of marrying yourself again, coming back to wholeness. Yeah. There's so much goodness there. I recommend everyone pause and do the 15 seconds back button. (laughs) I don't even know if my podcast has that, actually. Um, um, Something that came through for me when you were sharing that, um, and I believe that this is also kind of adding on to that with merging the feminine and the masculine. You know, the masculine is healthy to have a direction and to say, what am I building, right? And that's, I want to be useful. I want to build. I want to create. I want to provide. I want to have contribution. I think that there's something really noble to that. But without the feminine, it, it can be exhausting and degrading and soul depriving. Um, and I feel like a, a real core transition, and this has been a huge part of my personal journey, has been the shift from, I want to be useful 
I want to provide something, I want to be valuable to people, into a progression of, I want to be used by life. Life, use me. How will you use me? How, how do you want to use me best right now? Is it in poetry? Is it in coaching? Is it in art? Is it in holding space? Is it in retreat? Is it in doing nothing? Like, how do you want to use me? <laughs> Absolutely. It's all about, like, opening yourself up as a conduit and allowing the divine to flow through you because the divine, we were created to be expressed. You know, whatever the divine wants to express itself. So opening ourselves up to that and allowing that flow to happen Mm. and then having that self-discipline to be like, okay, so I'm going to like sit down and like create a structure for this magic, this feminine, beautiful, incredible magic for it to land on. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I just, you know, I think that maybe a a topic and arena we can naturally expand into now is both of us use these super integrative tool and art of embodiment. (laughs) I know for me, that's been the biggest key for me, like anchoring down my visions, my gifts, my offerings. It's all through movement, my own healings and integration. And I know for you with sensuality and tantra, your journey with embodiment and movement is such a part of that. And that's actually what brought us together. You know, we ran a cacao and movement journey together. <laughs> the first, within the first three days of meeting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and but, like bringing that down, it's like, it's kind of like the consciousness in the feminine. We have the divine masculine authority to bring it back down mm. into our bodies. Mm. And, and bringing the emotions into our bodies. That's literally marrying the, the feminine, the emotion with, the structure of our bodies and feeling the emotions through and and allowing them to be seen and heard and felt and recognized and loved and embraced and Mm -hmm. that's something that a lot of us in our childhood we weren't um modeled and encouraged to feel all of our feelings completely we didn't know how to move anger we weren't modeled that by our parents because they weren't modeled it and and down the line it goes so Yeah, Yeah. that's why this shift is happening right now, I feel. It's, like, such a crazy time, and it's so beautiful that all, that this actual global pandemic is happening because I truly believe that we're all given this time to marry the polarities within us all. Yeah, absolutely. I've been noticing that a lot in my own life, and friends and people I work with, it seems to be the, the big message coming through. And I feel that because I know for myself, sometimes I can get in my head. Maybe that Aquarius moon, you know, I can create a lot of like thinking and wanting to have like a solid understanding of something. And I think movement has been such a powerful tool for me to discern between like the the emotion and, and the conditioning like you talk about. The patterns that we receive, the conditioning that we receive, these models we're given. Because when we take it into our body, we can see if it feels good in our body or if it doesn't. So let's say I'm really grappling. I'm like, I think I should really do this offering. I think I should make this thing. But every time I move with it, I get a tummy ache. That's my body telling me, Kelly, like your energy doesn't want to go to that project. Just give it up. Something better will come along. Like, do you experience that as well? That your body can tell you if something's right or wrong for you when you move with it? Mm, Absolutely. Like the body is the indicator. And even if you want something so bad to happen and you're body's telling you no you have to honor it because that's the first flag that's being that's coming up for you Mm. and we haven't been taught to listen to our bodies we've been taught to listen to people 
and and things outside of us to tell us how we should feel about it. And I feel like that's a whole nother thing with this um, this paradigm and this reality that we're experiencing um, compared to the other ones is that you can have all this knowledge, you can have, and people can spew all this stuff at you and about consciousness and and galactic star systems and higher realms of consciousness, but if it's not embodied right. and I can't feel it in my body that and it's grounded, I'm not accepting that into yeah. my reality because it's not embodied and it's essentially not structured enough for it to create something. Absolutely. It's so true and like I so resonate with what you're sharing there, Jess. I think it's so valuable and it's such a valuable peace to take into life because for me that's been a huge tool of discernment as well like doing different trainings or even like traveling places or who do I want to trust or not like you can or what kind of people do I want to work under and mentor with I can feel when I hear them talking and what they're sharing about just through my own body resonance I'm not saying it's an ultimate truth about them but like hmm I'm not feeling this has much grounding to it. Like, yes, it may sound really interesting and wise and conscious, but I don't, I don't feel you in your body, so I can't really trust, trust <laughs> you right now. Um, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's so true. And um, there are people that in this like spirituality realm that can get swayed by people that you know claim to be something and um, channels and all of that stuff. But, but you could see directly how people treat their bodies, how they're going to treat you. Mm. And, and um, mm. yeah. yeah. Can you say yeah. that one more time? Yeah. The way that people treat their bodies is a direct reflection on how they'll treat you essentially. And, and, and you can see if it's embodied the way that they treat their body. Like so whatever true. they're sharing, you can see, you know, do they sit with themselves when they feel these things? Do they, do they move their body? Do they nourish their body properly? And um, you could see how they treat their physical body. If it's like a reflection of how they treat their emotional body and their emotion, our emotions really run our lives and run the things that we share. So if that's not embodied, what you're sharing is, is ultimately really not going to be helpful and useful to my evolution. It's just going to actually help me. It's going to allow a further feeling of feeling lost and disconnected because you're disconnected from your body. Mm. And that's what brings it so integrative. It's like, you know, making sure we're even the simplest things. Are you staying hydrated? Are you getting yourself in nature? Are you feeding yourself, you know, nice, wholesome, whole foods? Um, Are you making sure you eat enough? Like all of these things, it's impact I think our ability to to show up and receive and understand and grow um yeah and I think it does become of utmost importance when we are stepping into roles of sharing with others yeah absolutely because you know you're giving something you're giving a part of yourself away for other people to receive so out of love don't you want that to be the highest version of yourself don't you want that to be the purest version of yourself? Yeah. And um, yeah, feeling safe, you know? Don't you want others to feel safe in your presence? And you realize that when they do feel safe, if you feel safe in your body, it's going to be reflected. And that's mm. why me and you, we have that embodiment. And 
and when you feel safe in your body and you treat it right, you there's more room for deeper intimacy because your heart's ultimately going to open more. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really want to move from that with like when your heart is open, you're anchored and safe in your body. It actually doesn't matter what you're sharing. <laughs> it's how you're showing up. Right. And I think that this is a huge shift as well. We're moving from the age of information here, I've got lots of information to give you. Eat these foods, do this diet. People are starting to get it. They're like, I'm so freaking unique that I'm actually responding to energy. I'm not responding to being identified as a ketogenic person or identified as a vegan person or identified as a Buddhist person. It's like, how's energy speaking through me? And I love that because it's it's no longer about, you know, does does is what you have to say valuable? You know, what? who wants to hear me? Is this valuable enough? It's like, you are your value. Like, can you get embodied? Can you trust yourself? Can you show up with an open heart and be with what's there? That's what people want. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, how deeply can you become aware of what is already present in this reality? And in this reality, in this body, can you be present with what's in this body? Or are you going to go fly away into the higher realms of consciousness? Like, yeah, it's really fun hanging out there. It really is. But if you want to, it's fleeting. Those those states of consciousness are fleeting because it's not embodied. And we are on this earth that we are made up of the elements of earth. So when you become embodied in that, you you realize that you become aware of all the ways to access that actual feeling of wholeness from within your own heart, from with your feet on the ground, on the earth, you ground down to, to rise. Mm. And kind of leading to what you were sharing in the beginning of our constellation here, being able to be with heavy emotion, right? I know that's something in my past, like, and it still happens sometimes. I can, instead of going into a deep emotion with another person or with myself, you can be like, well, let me just go to the expanded state of consciousness. We are all one and this is an illusion and yeah. this is just fear. <laughs> so I'm going to hang out in my little like Bodhivista state and like know that it's all just a part of life rather than like, yeah. I'm going to let this take me deep. I'm going to process mm-hmm. it. I'm going to feel it. I'm going to practice in real time. I think that that's also, um, that's where a lot of our power comes from. Like I've, it's been in the moments where I felt I was going to be annihilated by a vulnerable emotion where it actually birthed me into a new level of my like authenticity. Yeah. It's like, it's like when a huge tsunami comes <laughs> and then you just allow the wave to like, you allow that wave to pass and you feel this like uber sense of calmness that you've never felt in your whole life. And that's why I love crying. Like whenever <laughs> grief or sorrow comes up, I have, I allow it in and I and I swim in that wave with that emotion and it feels so good and that's that's another part of that wounded masculine that we've been taught and conditioned mm-hmm. we've been taught that our emotions aren't safe to feel um don't say that because you're gonna that's like uncomfortable you know yeah. so that wounded masculine is we're moving to that sacred masculine where it's like okay I'm gonna hold myself here I'm gonna mm-hmm. hold myself here and allow this divine feminine emotion to move me in some type of way to be transmutive yeah yeah to be we have that alchemy we have it within us and that's all about becoming and realizing that we are full spectrum beings that's light and dark that's that's feminine masculine we are full spectrum beings and we're here to feel the whole range not just good vibes only man like positivity and happiness and 
and fuck yeah for all that but how can you feel your pain like how much are you going to distract yourself still from like your own pain because it's ultimately arising to bring you to your light to bring you to your medicine absolutely and I feel that's a huge part of that masculine consciousness within all of us female identifying or male identifying um the masculine isn't control it's not I'm gonna hold this because this is what I am and this is what I I want and anything else can fuck off it's like oh let me see how this allows me to deepen into a new level of power by fully being with it I'll take mm-hmm. that on and then it's like oh that's fucking sexy <laughs> <laughs> yes. and like you can see this in like actual physical relationships like I I have a partner tell us about it tell us about it I have a partner and we came together at a time that we were both doing some deep deep work with family dysfunction and trauma we had very similar trauma so um, the divine brought us together to do some deeper work because ultimately when you're in a physical intimate relationship a conscious relationship you will poke at each other's shit and (laughs) a lot of things are going to come up but when you're committed it's it's deeper and deeper intimacy with yourself because you have that mirror reflection. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I've been, I've moved through so much grief and sorrow from trauma the past five months and having that divine masculine, I, you know, I can't, these emotions are unpredictable. It's like the weather, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the divine feminine. And um, I will start, you know, just crying out of nowhere, or I'll just scream, or like do something, and it's and and it's never questioned by him. It's just like the presence is there, and I know that if I want to share it, I won't be forced to share anything. My emotions have the room to grow to go through, and his presence is just there for me. The structure and um, having that reflection, I don't get lost in that emotion that I'm feeling when I'm with him, and I feel it. Um, he'll hold that space for me and then ask me, you know, do you feel, do you want to share what just came through for you? And um, yeah, it's so beautiful uh, having that because the masculine, in a lot of relationships were shown like the masculine can't handle the feminine emotions and we're taught that we shouldn't share our emotions because they can't really handle it. But the sacred masculine is there to, to, to be there yeah. and to witness you in your storm and your chaos and to be that calm for you that when the chaos subsides that it's like that rock in the ocean when all of the leaves are crashing on it and it's the rock that you know that you can go to and, and lean on yeah. in that. Mm. So beautiful. Like when you speak, I had a lot of visuals come up because it's that um, anchored masculine within partnership and within ourself is it's just there to witness it right and when fully embracing the state of the compassionate open and curious witness um, there can be a real opportunity for inspiration and I know that sometimes because I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in in masculine energy um, it's like well let me fix it let me make it better how can I help you how can I fix it but that's actually not what it's about it's about can I just be in awe, actually? Can I be in reverence of your fucking fury? Can I be in reverence of your anger? Can I be in reverence of your um, whatever the process is? And then also knowing that that space can be equally held for them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like, you wild bitch, you. 
Like, let me witness you in all your fucking crazy-ass emotions and, like, love you so deeper because you're allowing them to flow through. Yeah. And, and your emotions, it's that water, it's that sexual sensuality, so it's that energy you're allowing your life force. When you suppress your emotions, you are cutting yourself off from this life force, yeah. no matter the emotion. It's, it's creative energy. That chaos of emotion without being named, without being able to be named, without needing to be fixed, just being as it is, is the source of creativity. It's the source of creation. Um, you know, all of the things I've birthed have come through chaos. It's been like a, a, a turn of events and, a, and magical emotions and a ride. And it's like, here's the pearl. You dive to the depth. It's, there can be such a source of inspiration embedded within this like you say, this unpredictable, wild femme energy. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible. Ah, wow. <laughs> it's so great. But yeah, it, it, it's like, yeah, it's all great. And it's like when you're experiencing it and you have the handle of it. But when I first started, you know, treading these waters, it's really scary. Like, actually, because you, you feel like you're going to die. Like we, you know, you feel like you're going to die if you feel it. And that's why a lot of us suppress these feelings and emotions because we think that we're going to die and, um, and we're not going to die. Like we know that we're not going to die, but our inner child feels like we're going to die. Yeah. So, um, like we're, you know, the nervous system, the fight or flight in situations where, you know, your heart's confronted and you want to, you, you want to remain silent about what's on your heart, but you feel like confronting it, you're just going to die. But that's actually betraying yourself because it's coming up for a reason. So in those moments that these emotions are coming up for you, just have a little talk with yourself, you know, hug yourself and say, it's okay. This is safe for me to express. I'm safe to express myself and constantly giving yourself that Mm -hmm. um, recognition and the encouragement to share yourself because behind the adult is that inner child that's afraid to express because it's been taught that it's not safe to fully express but we create that new paradigm for ourselves moment by moment i'm really grateful you shared that because i think we're we're telepathically connected because i was going to ask you i was like you know how how do you how do you how would you instruct or guide that someone moves through that they're like yeah i just want to be able to scream if i'm angry or cry if i'm sad but i'm it's like I can't. I go silent, and that's something I know I can relate to. That I've I've been yeah. working on the freeze. the freeze, that fight, flight, or freeze. Um, and freezing ourselves, we've been taught that um, that um, structure to kind of save ourselves, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. when we freeze, we numb and we cut ourselves off from feeling altogether. And eventually, when we keep doing that over and over, we become like a frozen lake of emotions, and it's you have to start thawing yourself out um, as they surface. And I think the number one most important thing when you begin thawing out those emotions and you begin feeling and allowing that feminine emotion is to create the sacred space um, for you to feel comfortable and safe enough to express yourself. So like taking that responsibility to create that space. Which is the masculine, you know, you create the structure, the space for, for, for the flow. And, um, you know, that could look like 
you in your room in front of an altar with a candle lit. That could look like you in your car at a safe space in nature. Yeah, um, uh, yeah that's that's super important. Or, or talking to someone that you feel safe to, having that support with someone that's going to not invalidate your feelings or your trauma or your dysfunction, but just witness and hold you as you move through it within yourself. It's so, so, so crucial to ultimately marrying the polarity within yourself yeah you're just chock full of wisdom jess (laughs) (laughs) at insightful being (laughs) when when i'm stimulated it it could just it just flows out of me like water (laughs) yeah yeah co-creative magic Um, oh that ajna and the throat is I have a defined Ajna and throat for you human design people that are listening. So. Yeah, so Jess has the Ajna to the throat, and then you have root to the sacral. Sacral and root. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Just because I I feel like for for us, you know, it's we can talk about these things and it's really normal, like have your altar, do this practice, but perhaps yeah. we can both share some examples of how women can start creating more of a physical relationship with their own masculine energy. Um, some of my favorite ways is definitely having an altar, uh, but it's interesting for me to show up for the altar, right? Like we can, the feminine is really awesome at let's gather the pretty things and let's make <laughs> it look great and put a candle, but then the altar just kind of sits there. And I'm not saying that it's, it needs a lot of work, but the masculine is the part of you that's like, I show up, right? Whether I find that the most sexy thing in masculine energy in myself mm. and in the opposite sex is or in woman, is, like, this consistency and this integrity. Like, you know they're solid, and, like, it, they're not, like, waving in the wind. It's, like, I'm fucking here. So yeah. that relationship with your altar, like, daily, whether it's every morning, every night, it's the same as having a glass of water, brushing your teeth. It's, like, I'm going to just sit and breathe with my altar. It can be as simple as that. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, like, right now... I'm at, I'm essentially at my altar, yeah. And um, so like in the morning, I'll wake up, allow myself to wake up, and I'll get myself some you know tea or warm water with turmeric in it, and I'll come and sit at my altar, and I'll I'll connect to my heart. Mm. So it's like I'm it's like I'm being disciplined, and I'm going to get my warm water so I can awaken my my digestive system. And, and then I come sit at my altar and then I can flow at my altar. I could do a card pull. I could light a candle. I can light some sage. I can sing. I can grab my guitar. I could ding my sound bowl, whatever the feminine wants to do. But the altar is that, that, that sacred space of structure, the sacred masculine structure for me to, to have that magic to land. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there can be a high level of flow. It's just the presence, right? Presence is there and you're sitting and like this space is fully dedicated for what wants to come through. That's that beautiful, as you say, marrying. Um, yeah. Any other tools coming through for me? Say dance is a big one. Um, there can be times where my feminine emotion just kind of sucks me in. It's like, no, you just want us doing this. And then my masculine has to say like, babe, move your freaking body. You're going to feel good after. And it's like, okay, I'll move my body. Yeah, and wow, that actually just awakened something within me because one of the defense of the ego is that resistance or you'll get tired before you start, You do something mm. that you know is good for you and that you know is going to expand because 
the ego is afraid to expand past your comfort zone. If you come up as feeling resistant, it's going to come up as sleepiness. And something that I directly experience is whenever I go, so there's meditation, right? And meditation uh, essentially is like a masculine practice because the masculine, the, the sacred masculine is here to experience unbounded consciousness with no distractions and is here to empty and feel that nothingness mm. so that it could be filled with the divine presence of love and light mm. and life. When I, when I do my meditation practice, I know for myself by now that when I do a certain type of breathing, I access that deeper that deeper meditation. I can go into that void a lot quicker than if I were just to do that chest breathing or the, the subtle belly breath. But so I'm so it's like I'm doing my meditation and it's like sometimes I'm like, there's my feminine, it's like I'm too tired to breathe. I'm too tired. <laughs> you know, it's like that inner child. It's like I don't wanna do this right now. <laughs> The little bratty like, fem. <laughs> that, yeah, the little bratty in your child. I was like, I don't want to breathe like this right now. But it's like that that that, that masculine has to like, no, child, like, you know that, like, this is good for you, actually. And, like, you're going to actually really enjoy this. I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy it. Like, just listen to me. Mm. So, and then when I allow myself and I put the effort in to do that breathing, I go into a beautiful meditation and I access the depth of consciousness that I'm seeking experience it's like coming back to is this resistance or is this alignment and a lot things that are aligned we can still have resistance to but when we cultivate that relationship to listen to our body listen to our hearts we can know it's like i'm resisting that thing because actually it's not aligned or that thing is actually really good for me i know meditating i know breath work i know these things are really good for me and i'm resisting them so i think that can be a really good like question to come back to for self-inquiry yeah definitely there's like and it's like that fear of expansion or that fear because i'm actually in danger yeah. and that's those are feelings that you'll be able to feel in your body and you'll have that intuitive knowing and that goes back to really having that practice and showing up every day for it because um butterflies could feel like fight or flight you know yeah. and because we've been conditioned in certain levels of trauma Ooh. which could be a totally another conversation i think we're gonna have to come back for another one because there's a lot to put, yeah. up there but, so it's yeah. two, i just want to mention guys it's two 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 and i feel uh jess and i we both know we could go on for ages so i'm definitely gonna have <laughs> her back i would love to hear from you guys in the comment section below or on my instagram page what you really loved about this and Jess and I will definitely go into another constellation. Um, but I would love, and I know people would love to hear more about what kind of space do you hold and how can people find you? And, you know, maybe tell us a little bit about that, Jess. Mm, yes, absolutely. On Instagram, I'm at insightful being with two L's. Insightful. Mm. And yeah, I, I do coaching in person on Long Island, New York, and also over Zoom. So if you want to, if you're interested in working with me further, you can book a session through my bio. And if you want, there are coaching pa- packages available, and we can discuss that further. So I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to support you in any way that I possibly can. And thank you, Kelly, for having me here. And I feel like a lot of seeds are planted in. I'm excited to be on this podcast again because I, 
I know that I am chosen to be. <laughs> That's that Aries coming through you. I know I'm going to be here again, baby. I know it. I just know it. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back, bitches. <laughs> Beautiful, Jess. Well, I'm going to put all your handles below so people can easily find you. And it's always such a pleasure and sacral pill journey to spend time with you. So thanks for coming into this orbit and sharing your precious energy. Thank you. I love you so much. I love you too. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you on the next constellation.